outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU podcast on this lovely, lovely Thursday. No, we are not at Vanessa House uh, today, and that's because I've got to do something at 5 o'clock that's going to cause me great, 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 utter excruciating pain. We'll get to that maybe in a little bit because no one gives a fuck, but um, not at Vanessa House, but we're there in spirit as we always are. I was just there the other day. Uh, <laughs> I'm there pretty much every other day, but uh, Vanessa House doing Bingo Bango Songo tonight. It's emo night. Uh, all the ladies show out for emo night. So uh, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, you know, it's a good place to be. And the beers are great. Cervezas, stouts, slush funds. They've got a banana uh, slush fund now. It's banana uh, Irish cream. Keegan, it, it's really good. That's Keegan Renault, by the way. I'm Brady Trantham. Hello, everybody. Uh, but yeah, Vanessa House always got the good stuffs. And you should go there if you haven't already. You know... Vanessa House is a, a unique place in that regard. Like, I don't know. I there was you know breweries have it across the country where they have you know their their room where people can come in and kind of write where they brew it like locally and get their beer right. But I don't know. I guess it's more like the bar vibe. Like it doesn't you don't give a you don't get a brewery vibe when you go into that place. No, it's it's fairly laid back and retro. And if you've ever been to Uptown in the plaza in Oklahoma City, it kind of has a similar vibe to that, just with all the Marvel superhero stuff that the guys like. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a Batman. That's about it. Like, I like I like superhero movies. They're, they're fine. I don't like I'm not sitting here waiting for like the next Marvel movie. They're entertaining. And then I forget about them after I've seen them. Uh, Batman, on the other hand, that's a different story, but we're not going to get into that. But yeah, Vanessa's vibe is very, very good. It's it's uh, um, it's just relaxing. It's not overcrowded. It's not overpowering. And you can just be yourself, and that's kind of the whole point of it. And then, hey, Hideaway Pizza is right down the corner of the, or right next door. So if you need some food, you can always get some pizza. You can always get some tacos. There's all a bunch of good stuff around that area for you uh, to soak up all the suds, so to speak. But Vanessa House always takes great, great care of us, and they'll take great care of you. So please go check them out. Now, the other thing before we get into the podcast today, Keegan, I wanted to uh, ask everybody once again, because uh, we haven't had a review in about a month, which is fine because I haven't really like asked for one. Back when I used to ask for them, we get like one or two a week. That was great. So uh, please, 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 if you haven't already, uh, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, although I don't think Spotify allows you to leave ratings and reviews. I don't think they do at all. Um, but if you can and you listen on Apple Podcasts or something else that allows you to leave ratings and reviews, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. It helps grow the podcast, helps grow the show, get the, uh, the show out there to more people who don't necessarily follow Keegan or I on Twitter and therefore aren't able to see the link. So, And then also, if you listen on Spotify and can't help out that way. Always, you know, feel free to retweet, like, or share anything that we put out in regards to inside OU. And of course, through the keyhole, our Patreon page, $4 a month gets you most of everything, an extra podcast a week, uh, plus $5 a month gets you everything on the page, plus Keegan's film reviews. And he's been knocking them out uh, fa uh, fairly well over the last few weeks. Keegan, you're doing a, a Sunday night Zoom sesh with our patrons where you're doing like a particular game, particular side of the ball, and you just have patrons jump on, ask you questions, then you record it, 
put it out uh, the next day for people who weren't able to attend. But uh, pretty cool what you're doing, Keegan. Uh, appreciate that. It makes the off season go by much quicker. Uh, but again, through the keyhole on Patreon, uh, inside OU, ratings and reviews for the podcast, we will greatly appreciate that. But Keegan, the funny a funny thing happened when I hit uh, upload last week on Thursday when it was just pouring rain outside my apartment. And it the weather was very applicable to the whole vibe of the show because it was just nothing but at least me screaming about how this isn't fair with the 11 a.m. kickoff stuff. And I know everybody's talked about this one way or the other about how OU fans are acting entitled or how OU fans are justified in their uh, reaction to this. Um, it, it's Of course, I'm going to be upset because I am a fan. That's where I come from. But I, I try to think that I like to think that I'm pragmatic when I think about this. And when you tally up all the times OU's played at 11 a.m. and when you think about the other big time programs across across the country, and then when you think about that, it's not necessarily bad for the fans. It's bad for what OU's trying to do in terms of trying to make that game bigger than what it already is in terms of outreach to recruits, outreach to just sell the program. Like, hey, this is this is the University of Oklahoma. This is what a big time game looks like at night under the lights with our relatively brand new stadium with it being bowled in over the last few years. Uh, when you th- consider all that, like that's what the type of fan that I am, that's what I'm more upset about. I don't give a damn about having to wake up early or tailgate. Um, that's just kind of a minor loss, but um, a funny thing happened when I hit upload last week, Joe Stiglione released a statement literally as the show was uploading. And I couldn't have been more uh, excited because I think you and I both gave Joe C and OU the benefit of the doubt when we were talking about it last week in that, yeah, we're going to safely assume that OU has tried. And in fact, we'll probably still try, even though it's an uphill losing battle at this point, it seems like to try and find a different time slot for that game. And Josie released that statement right after we uploaded the show and then more chaos ensued over the weekend. More chaos did and more chaos will keep ensuing, right? Like this is going to be a really bumpy next couple months. And, you know, we talked about this on the, you know, last Patreon, not on Tuesday, but the one before that, uh, whenever the game or last podcast, whatever it made, whatever regardless we we, we I, do too many we do too many you were you were just on the 1012 podcast i listened to that uh early this morning when i was working out and uh, shout out to the 1012 podcast it's a great big 12 show give them a listen as well but yeah like this is a story that i mean clearly it's the off season because we're talking about something that is you know relatively big it, it's not just a the news of the day this is something that has you know ripples over the next few years and the next decades potentially uh, so it, it deserves to be talked about, but yeah, it, it's the off season. There's not much else to kind sure. of chat about. Yeah, I think, but I think the biggest part of this, and I, I said this on the 10, 12, I said this last week, like, I don't know. It, it's really brought like everything that's happened from the Texas tech, you know, the Don Williams from the, we talked about the, you know, Lubbock avalanche with the, you know, TV partners wanting not wanting to negotiate with the big 12 quite yet in terms of extending those grant of rights. And then you have this with the Nebraska game and OU's response to it. I mean, it's, it's the, the breadcrumbs get louder or, or, or show up more frequently and the hoof beats are getting louder man and like you you look at this and what we're I know we've kind of I've gone around the bush here but it's clear and obvious that to me at least and it may be maybe I'm looking too much into this 
But to me, this is Joe Castiglione. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure the fans and, you know, but at the same time, too, like Fox is going to be a huge part of, you know, the next realignment. And Oklahoma's got its thir- tier three rights that are going to be up in next June. So Oklahoma's negotiating those right now. Six, seven months, man, are going to, I mean, decisions are going to be made that are going to have impacts for a lifetime. I mean, really, I mean, you really think about it. Like we were talking about before we came on and discussing this, like Oklahoma doesn't seem like a school to a university that's going to hop around, you know, they're kind of old school in that regard. And they have that mentality of, you know, branding and this and that. They're so, not they're, You're saying they're not going to have a TCU experience where they're in the mountain West and then they're in the Western athletic conference. And then they're in what didn't they like jump to conference USA and then the big 12, like what, what conference were they in for like a year? I don't remember. I know they're in the Mountain West because they played Boise every year. Um, well, Boise was in the whack. I, I think because TCU when they beat OU in 2005, they were in the Mountain West, and then I, I think they joined the whack for a year or two, and then they went immediately to the Big Twelve. So it was, or no, they they were supposed to join the Big East. Like remember the yeah, Big East? Yeah, was, it was the Big East. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember that. <laughs> so they went from the whack, so they. It, TCU was in the Mountain West in 05, from 05 to 2011. And uh, Boise, I believe, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't know this yet, but Boise, I believe, was also in the Mountain West at the time. But I know they end up playing each other, right? Like early 05. So maybe it's after that. But no, I don't see, like, again, like, I don't see if Oklahoma, you know, makes their decision, whatever decision they make in the next six months, Brady, like, I don't, I don't see them jumping ship from there. So no, you know, we're at a, we're at a point in time now, man, where it's you look at it, and yes, like don't we said, like I said this before we came on, like don't get me wrong, like Josie definitely sides with the fans and the frustrations and the local economy and you know alumni and donors that are upset, but using the phrase "bitterly disappointed" is strong. And shout, I mean Tyler Palmatier said that, and I definitely believed it at the time, but it's true. Like, I mean that is a very strong phrase to make. TV partner, isn't it? I mean, like, that's basically, and I said this on the 1012 pod, and I know you agree with me here. Like, Oklahoma doesn't wield its power very often. This seems like a time where Oklahoma is saying, we, you know, we are the prize that you want. Play with us, or if not, we're going to do something else. Now, and this is huge. This is nothing confirmed, but I, I can tell you there, after this, there was. Yeah, I haven't even talked with you about it because it's from a place that I just don't get info very often, Brady. But, you know, there, the, I, I think that there's been a lot more talks in the, in the administration and athletic department since that statement from, like, not people, but the middle, you know, like the tier within Oklahoma. Like, it's starting to trickle down, and those conversations are because I, you know, heard something this week along the lines of, know conference realignment talk from people high up at Oklahoma so like this is becoming a more real conversation and it's come after that statement that Joe Castiglione made again I don't think that I'm not trying here to connect dots and you know play clue or whatever but I, I, I it's hard to ignore that shit anymore man pardon my French it just it just is yeah it's um I mean what Josie's doing I mean, clearly with that statement, and it's been a week, so everybody's kind of had their own thoughts on it already. But, you know, with what Joe C does with that, it's, you know, he's trying to kill two birds with one stone. He's trying to, like, 
kind of be cathartic with the fans of like, we, we hear you, we understand you, we sympathize with you and we agree with you. Also, we're trying to potentially posture for uh, the future in terms of leaving their options open and their options are open. Like this is not, OU saying F you Fox, we're done with you forever. Uh, this is kind of what you described to me before we started recording as kind of like a warning shot of like, Hey, we we're Oklahoma. Like this is not like we, we get it. The state of Oklahoma does not bring a ton of eyeballs in terms of, you know, just population density. But when Oklahoma is on TV on Saturdays in the fall on primetime, uh, they draw people from all over the country, not just OU fans because fans of other teams want to see OU lose. And sometimes it could happen, unfortunately. And it just, it brings more joy and attention to TV sets. That's why Oklahoma is such a valuable commodity. And that's why Texas is a valuable commodity, even though they've sucked for the last decade. So, um, Oklahoma wields a lot of power, but I want to give a shout out to uh, Alan Kenny. He he wrote a good piece on this whole thing um, on the at the Crimson Cream Machine website. Uh, shout out to him. I also want to apologize because he didn't necessarily get my sarcasm on Twitter last night. Um, well, I'll get into that in a second, but uh, real quick, Keegan, you know. <sighs> I don't know. Like you're sitting there saying that, you know, OU's in a good position and and they are OU's going to be in a conference, whether it's the big 12 and it kind of retains what it is, or they are able to add some extra teams here and there to actually have 12 teams. Um, Or if they jump conferences to the big 10, to the sec, what have you, OU's going to be fine. But I just, I really feel like, and this is above my pay grade. I, I don't, I don't pretend to know all these ins and outs about TV contracts, big money and all that stuff, but I feel like we should just be at the point where schools like OU, Texas, Bama, Notre Dame, they should just make their own deals. Like we're the I'm ones that you. we're the ones that you want on TV. We should not be bound to a conference. Like you can be bound to a conference in terms of that's the conference you play football in, but in terms of your TV contracts or the ability, the amount of times that you can be on TV, like this seems very archaic. Um, OU should not be bound to Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, TCU, Baylor. They should not be bound to those schools, those demographics, because OU is bigger than all of them combined. And to me, it's just, why are we still doing it this way? And there's probably an easy answer to that. And if someone's listening, screaming at the podcast right now, I apologize. Politics! I'm I'm ignorant to this. And politics, yeah, sure, but... I don't know why we're not there. Maybe this whole posture is just maybe another domino towards that ultimate fate of like schools kind of dictate their own. We're going to be on TV at this time and you're, you know, you're going to like it or you're going to, or you're going to hate it either way. That's when we're playing football that day. So I'll, let me touch on that in a second, but let's just, you know, you say Oklahoma's in good position and I want to lay that out completely. And I did this yesterday on Twitter and you can see the thread if you want. Um, if you just search my name and probably Oklahoma good position or, or you know, oh, you're the only one open for business would probably be a better phrase. But I, I think, you know, the biggest thing here in, in the, the last time Oklahoma and the Big 12 extended their grant of rights in 2012, right? Oklahoma, two weeks later, signed off their tier three rights at the same time. A year prior to that in 2011 is when Texas signed the 20-year deal with ESPN for Longhorn Network. So Texas is locked in through 2031. 
Oklahoma signed their tier three rights, Brady, two weeks. And I made sure to put those dates, right? Two weeks after the Big 12 deal. The Big 12 was for 13 years through 2025. Oklahoma decided to do only a decade long with Fox Sports Network, as well as Learfield. And obviously came over and bought that from and renamed it Valley Sports. Here's the kicker here. In 2019, now looking back on this, Brady, and I actually want to get your input on this before we get into the, you know, bigger, you know, picture of what you just mentioned. Why would the other eight big schools collectively give up their third tier rights to tier three, whatever it is, to the ESPN for five years, knowing Oklahoma's shopping theirs in 2022? Like, that, that's, that's where I'm confused about is like, in 2019, the other eight teams in the league gave up their tier three rights to ESPN for a digital platform, ESPN Plus, right? And then ESPN got, you know, championship rights to the Big 12 title game from 2019 through 2024. So I'm looking at this from, hell, Oklahoma State's perspective, right? Like, why would Oklahoma State not want to mirror what Oklahoma's contract is? Because Oklahoma State's connected at the hit, you know? Like, that just doesn't seem... When you, right but political right politics is what i was just mentioning a second ago gives a shit but at the same at the same time you know like why would the big 12 and these schools not like oklahoma and texas collectively not try to match up with what oklahoma's doing because like at that point i mean i know you're you know out for yourself but i mean oklahoma you've basically what the big 12 and their schools now you know, mentioning those two facts, right? The Texas signed the Longhorn Network through 2031. The Big 12 and the other eight schools have the deal with ESPN through 2024. I mean, Brady, with Oklahoma's tier three rights going up next year, I mean, these schools are basically asking for a death sentence by doing that, aren't they? I mean, I guess so. I, I mean, I guess so. I just see that as like the secondary schools in this conference are just trying to take whatever opportunity they can take when they can get it because they don't know how much longer that opportunity is going to be there. Now, you know, like there are some weird circumstances. So like a school like Kansas, like, yes, they are an afterthought more so than an afterthought in football, but they are a gigantic brand in basketball and basketball is a revenue generating sport uh, because of the tournament if you're talking about college sports, so Kansas is going to be able to have some influence when these conversations take place, but the other schools like, yeah, like they're just looking for opportunity when they get there. And don't get me wrong. Like I don't want OU to have games on ESPN plus, but I mean, that that's where we're heading. Like technology wise, like that's where we're heading. Like streaming is going to become more and more normal to the point where we're not going to be having these little tweets every once in a while of like, how come I can't watch my local NBA team? on YouTube TV that that's that's something that should be normal in 2021 but I guess not because the suits all the old people are still thinking about cable in those days and how deals were made then so it's going to take a while for everything to kind of keep moving forward but in terms of OU and I could be completely wrong about this Keegan um, and I know you're not that uh, much of a OU history nerd as I am but and I could be completely interpreting this entire thing wrong and if I am I apologize but from what I've read, it never really seemed like OU swung its dick around in the room in terms of like when the Big Eight was the conference. Like OU was just kind of resigned to the fact that we'll just kick your ass on the field and that's good enough for us. Uh, if the Big Eight wants to add more teams, cool. Uh, Nebraska, on the other hand, very dick swinging energy in terms of the suits. 
And that's why there was that clash with Nebraska and Texas, of course, like two big egos in the same room just didn't work out, uh, of course. Um, OU is just really, to me, just seemed like, yeah, we are, we know what we are. We are a football school. Uh, that is our bread and butter and we will win on the field and you can have as much fun circle jerking yourselves in, in, in these press conferences and in, in these conference rooms and the, with the suits, we're just going to go take care of business on the field. This is dangerously close to like something Nebraska would do 10 years ago. Now I'm not saying Josie's going full Tom Osborne here, uh, but it just, all I'm saying is for the future, like, OU is going to be fine. They're going to have a conference. I just, I, I, I'm worried about it, you know? And it's not that I'm worried about stiffer competition. So if OU's in the Big Ten or the SEC, like, yeah, there's going to be tougher teams to be played week in and week out than there are in the Big 12. OU's going to be able to adapt to that. And OU has advantages that Nebraska doesn't have. We've talked about that a ton over the last few months. But, it's just not something that you should just wish for lightly when you're sitting here upset that Nebraska is not going to be at night and you're tired of playing Iowa State and Iowa or Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas every week. Uh, it's not something that you should just wish for lightly. Like I, I appreciate the the tradition of playing in this part of the country, the inroads that OU's made over the last century of playing football in this part of the country. I appreciate all that history and I'd like to keep it if at all possible. So that's why I'm like, Oh, you to the big 10, like uh, fuck that. Oh, you to the sec a little bit similar, but still screw that. Just keep the big 12 together, but somehow let, Oh, you be able to dictate it's big games. Like there's two at mo like usually just two big regular season games. Let them dictate it. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing you know, about this. Right. And I want to unpack what you said at the beginning, because like, I, I guess you have to point to two things here. One, I, in my lifetime, I don't remember Oklahoma, like I said a second ago, wielding its power because it is, I mean, they do have leverage in, in college athletics. Clearly, if you go back in time and look at the, you know, the TV contracts deal that they, them and Georgia went in together with against the NCAA. I mean, there's Oklahoma has before. That is true. I don't know. I don't know if they have, like in my lifetime though I mean I mean it, I guess you could point to 2016 and when David Boren just completely shut down conference realignment because the ESPN didn't want to make a big 12 network with the uh, you know adding more teams you know so like there's that but I think the biggest thing here is like this is the first time that you know you get a sense that Oklahoma is basically saying again we're the prize possession if you guys want us you're going to play on our terms and there's a give and take there. I mean, Oklahoma is not going to not sign with Fox because of 11 a.m. kickoffs, but they're, you know, they're going to take whatever's the best position for everybody involved. I think the biggest thing here, though, is that, you know, that, that kind of that second part and a little bit of what we're talking about here and what you, I said, we comment, I'd comment on in my head, you know, we've talked about the Knights Commission report on this podcast and how Josie, you know, during whenever he was asked about it last December, the inflection in his voice talking about wanting to hear the results of it was obviously very, I don't know, eerie necessarily, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't I, – I think obviously the options here are big, Big Ten, SEC with Texas or Big, or big 12 with Texas. I mean, I – I think if Oklahoma goes to the Big Ten, they'll probably – I mean, I don't think Oklahoma and Texas are going to be separated here. It's kind of everybody else that's going to be in trouble. But I hope so. I, I think the biggest thing here, Brady, like what you're saying is right. Like in my head, if I was the you know Oklahoma, 
Why would I not just say, hey, Texas, Oregon, USC, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, you guys are tired of everybody else in your conference. Why don't we just make a coalition of a football league where we play each other and we also have five more games you have to schedule? So, I mean, that gives OU to play Oklahoma State every year. That gets OU to play – you know, there's four other games you have to schedule. Like, what's stopping them from doing that? I guess the TV partners, that would be the only that's, thing I could think of. That's my question. Like that, that's my question. And I, I asked that just because I, I don't know the ins and outs. Like I said, like there, there could be a very easy pragmatic reason why, Oh, you just simply can't do that. Um, I, I understand big money and contracts are something that you can't just kind of like, well, let's just do it this way anyway. But the whole point is if we just start talking about it and not just you and me, but if this becomes part of the conversation and it keeps coming back up it keeps coming back up at some point evolution will just take place and that's where we're going to be that kind of coalition that you're talking about um, i'm not advocating for a super league like that that sounds fun in theory i i don't know how 100 down i am with that because i think that would just ruin the regular season with college football and we don't need to get into that it's a whole other spider web uh, that would require another 45 minutes uh, but no it's uh, and i'm glad you brought up the ou georgia thing uh, mainly because, uh, like, yes, that is true. That that did happen. I, I think I was just mainly talking about more so of, like, OU throughout its history. Like, OU has been influential. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to dis- disparage anything the administration has done in terms of, like, making things happen, influencing things uh, a- across the landscape of college football. But it to me, it just doesn't seem like it's ever been like a Nebraska or nowhere near a Texas. And that's just probably because of money and population, but Nebraska is Nebraska. So, I mean, OU should be fairly similar to that, but Nebraska acts a a much different way, at least in the last decade. So, and I could still be wrong. So who, who, who knows, but uh, real quick, Keegan, we do need to take for the first time in inside OU history, need to take a quick break for uh, something a little fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Christie's Toy Box, an Oklahoma City tradition since 1979. With over 15 store locations spread all over Oklahoma and even in North Texas and Missouri, Christie's Toy Box has you covered like a Jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature. It's 2021. Come on in sometime. Their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's Toy Box. It's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device, so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer. The shopping experience is amazing, and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps. Type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart. Once again, that's capital O, capital U, capital P-O-D for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christie's Toy Box, where the fun begins. And we're back. Hopefully you all enjoyed that one. (laughs) I certainly did. Uh, But yeah, we're almost done with this topic though, Keegan, but cause I know you had something else you wanted to add, but um, again, I just want people to understand. I mean, here's the, my vanity kind of take um, showing itself, but for any non OU fans listening to this particular show, I do not care that the game is at 11 because of tailgating. I do not care about that. I would have preferred it being, being a night game, of course, 
and especially this one because I wanted to hang out with a bunch of Nebraska fans, and that only really happens if it's later in the day. What I'm mad about is just the recruiting fails, the selling of the program fails. It makes OU's relatively uphill battle in terms of recruiting nationally, you know, that much, you know, less easy. You know, it doesn't make it more difficult. It's just it could have been a little bit easier that night. There's a reason why OU still like puts out that big picture of um, the gigantic American flag of the night of the OU Texas Tech game because it was a great image. It was a great shot. And that only really happens at night. So, you know, little things like that get lost when uh, decisions like this get made. So, but I, I remember you had a little comment, though. No, well, I think there's a couple, you know, bigger points here to make sure that we line out before we, you know, get off this topic because it is important. David Boren was running the show alongside Joe Castiglione, right? We both, I think, understand that, know that, can assume that, you know, this and that, whatever. This feels like a Joe C. Joe C is the one leading the charge here. Like he is going to be the one that's going to make that probably that final decision of what Oklahoma is going to do in the future. And he's probably earned that right. Right. I mean, the longest tenured power broker within Oklahoma. Here's another thing too, Brady. And I hate to, I hate to bring up, and I said this a second ago in terms of politics, wasn't boring. This doesn't mean much of anything. Doesn't, but it wasn't boring. A Democrat. Uh, yes, he was a Democrat. So Joseph, yes. So Joe, President Harris or Harris or Harris, whatever. I, I don't Joseph know Harris. how to say it either. <laughs> um, whatever it may be, he, you know, I hate to bring this up. I mean, it's a personal thing. I mean, you can look this stuff up for anybody, but he's a registered Republican. The Board of Regents has had a lot of turn. You know, obviously Clay Bennett was the most powerful man in that room for the longest time in terms of what Oklahoma was doing and. Uh, there's a lot of uh, backstories. If you know, we could maybe have a podcast where I'm under the influence. We can get into all that. But, <laughs> but well, real um, quick, I was gonna say. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna add because I don't know if you're gonna get into this. But since you brought up that he was a Democrat, Her Herits parenthesis SP question mark parenthesis um, <laughs> was a Republican. Uh, you know, Boren's old. Boren was a Democrat when the South and Oklahoma were blue. And then the paradigm sure. shift happened like during the Nixon era. And then the South turned red. So um, Democrats from back in the day are fairly similar to Republicans nowadays. Um, sure. Not don't want to say 100%. Like that's just historical kind of understanding. You know, that's that was me trying to explain that. But continue. I'm sorry. Well, what I was going to say here where the politics do come into line I mean, I don't know if the power brokers at Oklahoma were probably huge fans of what, what went on in the Big Ten last year, right? I mean, I think I could say that on the surface, and it probably is going to be true. Like, I feel comfortable saying. What, the Big Ten bending over backwards for Ohio State? <laughs> Not necessarily that. How they dealt with the season and kind of the political scheme of all that. Yeah. You know, if you want to believe, you know, believe it. So I don't yet strike one, right? Well, now Fox, who is basically the Big Ten's lifeblood, right, has now pissed off Oklahoma too. That's kind of strike two. Like, I, I wonder how much that's going to play into it. Because it is, a, you know, I hate to bring that into the politics into this a little bit, but it is a, it is a part of the conversation, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Oklahoma lines up political perspective with, you know, some of those schools in the Big Ten. And I don't, again, I don't know how that's going to play out. 
I think it, it it would be a lot different if David Boren was also one of the louder voices in the room for Oklahoma. Um, clearly what we saw with, you know, Boren, you know, Brady, you know this. I mean, Boren wants, wants to keep Oklahoma State around. I mean, he wants to keep Texas around. I mean, he was, he was very pro everybody. Let's stick together and figure this out. And, you know, even though he kind of set up himself, this exit ramp for Oklahoma in the past, I don't, I, I, I just, I, it's hard to not, you know, think that a lot of these things are going to come into play in conversation, like with, you know, all of it. I mean, all the Fox and the kickoff times and the big 10 and money and politics and that, in that league, I mean, it's all going to be part of the conversation. And again, the biggest thing that I think, you know, us bringing, talking about this and, you know, bringing more insight and, you know, bringing more awareness to it. Again, we are probably six months, July, August, September, October, November, December, sorry, seven, eight months away, January, February next, when we find out who Oklahoma, you know, is going to park its tier three rights up with, like, that could change. I was saying this on the 1012 pod, and I know you, you probably took a lot away from this, but like that could change everything. Like in seven months, if Oklahoma announces it signs a deal with Fox, I said this on, on that podcast too, like those alarm bells, if you're Oklahoma State, Iowa State, you know, Texas Tech and schools that are benefiting from, you know, being on Oklahoma's side, TCU, like that is a, that is pro that is awesome. But if in next summer we find out that Oklahoma extends a you know three-year deal with ESPN and stays in the Big 12, like that's a different conversation because that gives Oklahoma two you know alleys to work with. The SEC with Texas, God, that would be a lot of fun football-wise. But um, or you know ESPN has the rights for the Big 12 as well. But if they if again if they in seven months if that's a deal with Fox Brady, holy shit! I mean, holy shit! Like that that's that changes everything. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, um, we're, we're we're a lot sooner to it than what people realize. And, and look, like it feels weird just because I feel like people that have a much more of a pulse on this than even I do, I, I can't even really get a beat down on what the consensus thought is as of today as to where OU is going to end up. Whether they stay in the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve stays as it is, or if it expands in some way, or if they go to a different conference and if that different conference, who whatever that conference may be, the Big Ten more than likely or the SEC with Oklahoma State. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'll just I'll just ask a straight up question. What do you think? I man, I I mean, you've heard a lot. I mean, I know you've heard probably even a little bit too. I mean, I haven't heard a ton at this point, but I mean, my, my whole thing is I, I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to be together, whatever it ends up being. I think that that absolutely has to be the case. Like no matter what happens, OU and Texas have to, at the very least continue playing in Dallas every year. Yeah. And so I think that that part's probably ironed out at this point. But I don't think it's like a foregone – again, like I know like I say this, we're seven months away and really four years away from realignment. But, I mean, I don't think like – I think politically, like here in the state, there's going to be a lot of money and power at hands trying to make sure Oklahoma doesn't leave Oklahoma State in the dust. But at the same time, like it's clear by the – yes, for me – by the big 12 and the TV partners not being able to renegotiate yet. Like they, to me, that says they don't want to make a decision now and extend something with Oklahoma's tier three rights up in the air. 
because like why would they like why would you why would you strike a deal with the big 12 brady when when it could look vastly different in four years like i in it, it whenever you know if oklahoma is not a part of it the tv ratings are just not going to be there league-wide so there's a lot i mean i my read is still big 10 i mean this is from very casual informative conversations but i i think at this point like everything's on the table and again i think it that's the position we talked about this before we came on like that's a position oklahoma's in like oklahoma if they want to go to the big 10 they'll get to go to the big 10 if oklahoma wants to stay in the big 12 they're gonna get to stay in the big 12 and the sec ain't turning down oklahoma and texas with a&m in the league like that's that's not gonna happen if the sec can own the south i mean (laughs) it's weird (laughs) That was a, I don't, I guess I probably shouldn't say it like that, but oh boy. Uh, if, <laughs> if the SEC could get Oklahoma and Texas and lock down, you know, their footprint over in this area of the country, there we go. Uh, it, it would be, I think they would do it too. So Oklahoma's put themselves in this position by strategic negotiating and planning. It's very, you know, it gives me anxiety even talking about it. It's such a big deal, man. Like this is huge stuff. And, you know, I, I don't. I said this on the ten twelve pod. I've said it in other places. I said it on our Patreon on that Friday post. I really do feel though, like regardless of you know, I'm trying to downplay it without downplaying it, but it does seem like a cloud over the season, a little bit of like, man, what's Oklahoma going to do six months from now? Like that in my is going to be in the back of my head for this entire year, and I think it should. I think that's a. If, in my obviously personal opinion, I think it's a fair, you know, thought to have at this point of like, if you're even not an Oklahoma person, like I think that should be a fair like thing to have in the back of your mind throughout this season. Yeah. I mean, in regards to like the big 10, I, I don't know that. That just doesn't excite me. Is Am I a bad fan? I mean, the other, the other thing is at some point, if we get to that, if we get to that point in four years when realignment hits, I mean, these conferences are going to have like 20 plus teams in, in conference. How does that not negatively affect like TV times? Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, guess, I don't know if they would get to 20, but like big tens at 14, right? SEC and ACC are at 14. I mean, they would um, add, they would add OU Texas and Kansas, right? Because of Kansas basketball. I don't, again, I don't know if Kansas, with the way the, their athletic department's been, I don't know if like they would be necessarily a hundred percent along with uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that with their athletic department. I just, the big 10 does love basketball. Like it's a, it's a big basketball conference and maybe the, the option of bringing in a brand like Kansas basketball might be very enticing because uh, you'd have Indiana basketball along with Kansas. But again, like the athletic department's, in turmoil but i mean at the very least they're adding two teams but mm-hmm. i mean you already said oklahoma and oklahoma state are oh, unfortunately bound at the hip and i hated that 10 years ago when all this was going down and it was like oh you to the pack 10 remember that remember that fun time um when it was like oh you would uh, the SEC wants OU or something. I can't remember, but OU said no unless you also bring Oklahoma State. And I that's when I was like, all right, I'm already done with Bob. I'm done with David Boren. Like, why? Why are we <laughs> like why does Oklahoma State even want to be with us? Like AM doesn't play Texas. But that series is more of a rivalry in terms of the competitive nature of it. 
Why does OSU want to go out of their way to play somebody that they can never beat statistically? They've beaten OU 17 fucking times in over 100 times, like 100 games. Like, why do they want to like, no, we want to keep this rivalry going. We Like, they're just willingly walking into a car wreck by is saying that, I mean, that. is that an Oklahoma thing, though, or is that just a political Oklahoma thing? It's a political like, I, Oklahoma I thing. And it, it, it just, why? Like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we doing these things? And look, in a perfect world, yes, I want OU to play OSU because it's, it is an in-state rivalry. I'm not that OU fan that doesn't think that it's not a rivalry. Like, it's, it's a big game. It's a game I definitely don't want to see OU lose, and it's a big game uh, for Oklahoma State, no question. In a perfect world, I want OU to continue playing OSU, but once these realities start to take place in the next few years, Keegan, if like OU is actively saying no to a potential big opportunity because Oklahoma State's not invited, I'm just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't understand it either. I, th- I mean, I, I think at this point, like if you're Oklahoma, you have to look out for yourself. That's the position they put themselves in, too, right? Like that would be why it's more frustrating than anything. Like if Oklahoma has this opportunity and you don't maximize this opportunity, then you failed. I mean, that's really all. I mean, that's the truth. Like you have put yourself in a position that hardly any schools, maybe Notre Dame, with the whole independent thing. Texas could probably in this go this route too in 10 years. Like Oklahoma has put themselves in a very unique position amongst in college sports, like ever, ever. And if you don't maximize on it, I think, I think you failed. And if that means that you don't leave to the big 10 or the sec, if they're offering you more money and you stay in the big 12 with the landscape, it currently is like you have failed. And if it's because Oklahoma state, I don't think that's the ha- that's what would happen. But again, like if you're a TV partner, like if you're and you're you in obviously Oklahoma and Texas are you know what's bringing you the most dollars. Like why would you sign off on them joining up with the Arizona schools in Colorado and Nebraska and bringing fourteen into the league? Like why? Like those TV partners are pushing Oklahoma to the SEC or Big Ten. I mean. God, if you got, you know, I know people fantasize about this all the time, but if Oklahoma went to the SEC, I mean, you'd get Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, and Arkansas every year, those four games, as a, and guaranteed. And you get Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know, on a rotation um, in the other division. I mean. It would be a gauntlet. The viewing, but the viewing and the ratings and the fan experience, all of that would be so unbelievable in the SEC. But again, I also think like there's an inferiority complex, right, from Oklahoma's perspective of like we don't need the SEC. Like they, it seems like they want to win and prove it without needing that label, right? Yeah, like, like OU would of course benefit if they put that stupid ass patch on their jersey because it does help. It does help when you're in the living room of a top recruit because there is that track record that no one can deny. I'm not going to deny it. Now OU is making great, great strides and it not necessarily mattering that much as, as much as it did five, six, seven years ago. And they're trending in the proper direction. And if they take care of business on the field this year, yeah, they don't, they don't need the SEC. OU does not need it. Oh, Texas doesn't even need it. I mean, Texas needs to fix a lot of different things, but they don't need a fancy little patch on their jersey. A&M did. Missouri does. Like that type of school needs that extra boost because they don't have the track record. They don't have the development track record. They don't have the win loss track record. 
Um, so I, I do appreciate that from OU and that we'll play, like just give us something to make us want to be there. And having 23, 11 a.m. kickoffs in the last, what, four or five years is not something, something like that. Yeah, is not something 21 that, in the last four years, something like that. Yeah. And in comparison to uh, Lee Benson, shout out to you from the uh, West of Everest podcast, he tallied up amongst OU, Ohio State, Clemson, and, and Alabama. And of like the 11 a.m. kickoffs total, the two to 530 time slot uh, kickoff total. And then, of course, after six o'clock totals and like oh you just get shafted i mean OU and ohio state uh to be frank but that's because they're in the big 10 and that's also a fox entity so uh they're going to get screwed as well but uh it, it's just it, it's silly to me that these kickoff times and all this stuff that like the ripple effects of such it gets decided in a bidding like in, in a bid like espn mm-hmm. gets to pick first so okay we're gonna pick this game then fox like oh we get we get OU nebraska game, there's a four game there's a four game draft every year yeah something like that Where like this year we, we went over this right like i think OU texas espn was their year this year so espn gets OU texas and that'll be obviously abc if texas ends up their end of the bargain then it was clear that OU nebraska was next again it's still mind-boggling that bedlam was probably picked before OU Iowa State was, right? Like that's a whole nother conversation. And that opens up Pandora's box really of like, again, why, why want an alliance with Iowa State? But, you know, I, it, yeah, it, the whole draft thing that the conference signed off on, that doesn't make any sense. Well, but also the league wasn't going to get like a one deal with, you know, ESPN or Fox just because of the ratings. They just weren't. I mean, they were going to, yeah. that's how they had to negotiate it. It sucks, but. And that, that that's what I meant. That's what I mean about like, OU not necessarily having to be bound to the secondary schools in this conference, because you just look at demographics, like the big 12 has market wise, they've got the Dallas Metroplex. Um, I mean, there's still probably a gigantic portion of Houston that pays attention to big 12 games, even though that's closer to A&M and SEC country technically. But I mean, there's still a lot of OU Texas alums that live in that area. So that Houston, you can consider Houston's well. one of the bigger, like people don't understand the alumni Oklahoma has in Houston. And yeah, it's, I, I it's, was shocked when I found out. Was it the second or third largest in the country? Yeah, I believe it's second. Yeah. Second or third. Yeah. So you've got those markets. You've got Kansas city. That's about it. So, like, when you're comparing like eyeballs, TV sets, like the Big Twelve is going to come in third or fourth uh, uh, amongst the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, even in the Pac-12. Like, it's just that's that's the fact of the matter. This is the middle of the country conference, and that's just going to be a fact uh, that OU and the Big Twelve cannot deny. But that's why I'm like, well, OU is the one bringing the eyeballs. Texas is the one bringing the eyeballs. Not the Big 12, like screw that. But um, I wanted to touch on this, uh, going back to what I was talking about with Alan Kenny. Um, and I don't know how much of this you know, Keegan. I don't even know how much of this is just true. This is just me and my, my silly, crazy OU fan over the last decade. I mean, I, I basically asked Alan on Twitter yesterday, and it was kind of half sarcastic, half like I kind of actually believe this. Um, like how much of this is just kind of a byproduct of OU basically playing nice with everybody in the early part of the decade where yes, they were trying to kind of get the ball rolling with realignment, but at the end of the day, they're just like, okay, we'll just do what's best for everybody. We're going to 
let OSU feel involved. We're going to do what's best for everybody else. And hopefully if everybody likes us, we'll get our way. And it's like, well, when you sign your name on the dotted line, you, you get what you, you reap what you sow. So even though I liked that quote from Joe Castiglione, it made me feel better in the moment. You know, that last sentence, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember telling you like, oh, so we're supposed to be mad at Fox for doing what they're contractually, contractually obligated to do. Like, it's not Fox's fault. Like, the only thing I'm mad at Fox, and we talked about this last week, Keegan, was I wish they would stop having that defeatist mindset of we can only do 11 a.m. or 12 Eastern Standard Time um, as our big nationally televised games. We don't want to compete against ABC. Like, stop having that attitude. But they're not going to. So at the end of the day, I'm not even mad at Fox for this. So with how I feel OU acted with David Boren, Josie back in the early part of the decade, and Bob Stoops as the head coach, with how I felt like they acted, I just kind of see this as, well, this is what we signed up for when we were trying to please everybody. Yeah, and again, I think that goes to the bigger point of what we're talking about, right? Like Oklahoma was basically like, yeah, we, we signed on this. We, we agreed to it way back when, uh, but, you know, we're not fans of it now and we're not going to be right. Like to me, that was the bigger message of what he said. That last sentence, I think speaks to that. Um, and I have it pulled up in front of me. However, in the end, our TV partner chose to exercise its full contractual rights and denied our requests. So like, again, I, I think the bigger part of this and bigger message, and I don't know if, this isn't me necessarily trying to convert or, you know, you know, tell anybody to, to do this or think this way, but Josie is a very smart man, very knows what he's doing, knows how to work the media, knows PR to the highest level that it can be done at. I mean, it's hard to ignore the, those hoofbeats anymore, man. And they're coming out every other week or every month. Um, you know, we'll probably have something in July. I mean, what's to say that this isn't a conversation Big 12 Media Days in a month? Like, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a bigger conversation than I think than what people realize at the time. You know, I've hopefully brought a lot of awareness to it. And, uh, may, you know, I, I believe it to be true. I, I, I'm, if I know Joe, you know, Brady knows this. If I know Josie as well as I think I do, um, this was a, this was more than just a statement to make a statement and Oklahoma's, you know, kind of, I guess they, I, how do I say this in the nicest way and symbolize it possible? But you said earlier in terms of swinging their dick around, but I mean, they haven't done it before. So it should be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out, Brady. Yeah. And I'm very interested for uh, people who just know about this stuff more or are, older generational sooner fan listeners uh, who listen to the podcast uh, for, to tell me and tell you like, Oh, Oh, you did this and this and this and this and this in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And I'm just like, I, 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 I've read some things, but I apparently I didn't read that. So that's just my bad. So I will plead ignorance on that. I'm trying my best, but uh, no, I mean, again, this is, it's frustrating. It's fun to talk about because it's a whole bunch of what ifs and what could happen. And this didn't happen. This deal didn't co come down. So it's perfect off season talk. Uh, now I do want to, unless you had something else, I did want to slowly transition to the actual news of the day. The Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we don't talk about sooner softball. I mean, 
admittedly, we don't talk about them enough in, in the least on this podcast. Uh, you talked to Chris Plank a few weeks ago on Through the Keyhole, Keegan. Uh, great conversation with our good friend Chris Planks. But um, we don't talk about them enough, but in, in perfect Oklahoma elite you know, fashion, we're talking about something because OU just lost and they were upset by James Madison uh, just about a 30 minutes ago in Oklahoma city. And they're in the loser's bracket, um, man, some controversy in that game and for sure. And okay. Like softballs, you know, it's, it's a much different sport than baseball. Don't get me wrong, but in general, like, like there are general rules in quote unquote, lowercase baseball, lowercase B, um, that, that play where, uh, she was running into second slid they, and she turned, she turned and threw to first runner was safe and they called a uh, uh, slide or they called runner interference. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see that at all. There was a, there was a girl who was clearly thrown out at first base and they were, she was called safe and it led to a three run home run in the uh, second inning. I mean, it's just some, just some odd calls like Patty Gasso just got, Oh, you didn't play well. Uh, James Madison's pitching was excellent, made it hard for OU, but OU just didn't get any calls. So if there are OU fans out there that are like bummed, like, oh my God, they choked it. Look, that was that was a perfect example of X, Y, and Z had to go right for James Madison in order for them to squeak out a gigantic upset win. So OU's got another shot. And just like we saw when they lost to Georgia in the middle part of the year, and then OU went on a tear right after, like, I, I hope they're fine. I hope they'll be fine. I think they will be, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, too, is in, like, the bottom of the eighth, right, when they came up to hit, the first pitch or the first at bat, I mean, the ball just smoked up the middle, pitcher gets hit, goes to the second baseman immediately, and it's an out. Like, you know, ball's got to go your way. The double play, though, that they missed where she was out after some errors in that inning, like, that was probably worse than this play on second, but I'm an admittedly ignorant softball person, at the same time, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see old negative Nancy here, but I know UCLA and Alabama have some monsters on the mound. And if I believe Oklahoma has to flip to the other side of the bracket now that they've lost, and if they're matched up with either one of them to have to get out, it is going to be tough, tough, tough. This offense can do it. I mean, we've seen them do it this year and in the last couple of weeks, but – Again, kind of like what you said. I mean, a, and a Oklahoma golf yesterday loses in the championship game. I don't even know where Pe- I don't even know where Pepperdine is. Where is that? Mal- Malibu. Malibu. Yeah, like for real. Did you see the picture of the baseball field I posted? The backdrop's literally Malibu, the beach. Oh, so oh, you lost to a bunch of rich kids. Yeah, I think the best thing I saw. What was the? Uh, <laughs> This is showing some old roots here, but it's like Oklahoma lost to a bunch of kids from Zoe 101, right? Oh. <laughs> that was a joke yesterday. I saw it. That was pretty good. But I think, again, it, it, I don't think this is a large issue. Like, I don't know how it can be just like a pro, an athletic department-wide thing, but people are saying it's like the biggest upset in softball in 40 years, 30, 40 years, something like that. I mean – the fact it, it wouldn't be Oklahoma if their name wasn't tied to something along those lines record wise. Right. Of course. Joe Oklahoma. 
you know, it's, I mean, it, it's a, it's a thing for a reason. Um, again, I, I'm not giving up on the lady Sooners whatsoever. Like they're, they're a machine and they damn near came back and won today. Should have won. If some calls, some 50, 50 calls went their way, uh, it would have been a much different ball game. And I mean, that to me is like, it's always the sign of a great team, especially if you have a fortune, op- uh, second chance, like, OU does, if it takes like so many factors for you to barely lose, then you're really effing good. So, OU softball still sitting pretty, uh, where they are. But, uh, the other news of the day kind of happened yesterday, Keegan, uh, guy we talked about on through the keyhole is now officially in the portal. And it's somebody that has some, uh, does he have ties to OU in terms of he was recruited out of high school by Oklahoma, or does he have ties to Oklahoma because OU is a, a transfer portal destination and they're actively looking for a running back because of the loss of Seth McGowan. Okay. So Cavontre Bradford from LSU enters the portal. No, I don't believe Oklahoma recruited out of high school, but he showed a little bit last year. You know, I, I jokingly said to you, this to you on Tuesday, right? Like I went through his snaps to find out how many snaps, you know, he played, like what games he played them in. Okay. The old Miss game. I mean, he played 45 of them and you got to see like two runs that you could take away from, right? Like there's a lot of unknown here with, from our end of things, because we don't get practice film, you know, we don't get this, we don't get that. So it's a tough evaluation. Um, But he's officially in the portal. Oklahoma will be after him hard, obviously. Um, Kind of weird credit here, but the Sooner Scoop guys, and I don't know if you've seen any screenshots from there or anything or been on there, but sounds like Brad is on there <laughs> and uh, making comments. So, yeah, I mean, take that however you wait, you know, you which direction you want. But the other guy, though, that I think is intriguing, Keelan Robinson, the running back from Alabama that entered the portal. We talked on him yesterday as well or on Tuesday. It's going to be like Texas, Maryland are involved. But I could tell you, like, this is a guy that reached out to Oklahoma earlier in the you know spring and kind of saw if there would be interest there. I, again, I wouldn't, I don't think it's crazy to think that Oklahoma would rather have Robinson than Bradford based on just talent and what we've seen. And if that's the case, I mean, I, I like Cavantre, if you entered, you know, Trey, if you entered the portal thinking Oklahoma was just going to take you, sorry, but there's another really, I mean, Keelan Robinson's a game changing running back, man. Like he can be. Like, don't get me wrong, like Bradford could be, but I think he's more of in that realm of this, you know, regular running back, kind of in that Kennedy Brooks, Brennan Clay. Like, he's going to be better than anticipated, better than expected whenever you see him play. But is it anything, like, super special? No. Like, Keelan Robinson special. Like, he has special qualities with his speed and elusiveness. So, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks to see how Oklahoma kind of moves through this. They the running back – uh, Marcus Majors, your third running back right now, Oklahoma. That is a problem. So they're going to have to do something here. They got two really good options, Brady. I, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of all unfolds because it, it seemed like Bradford, Oklahoma was already linked and made, but Robinson entering the portal, like I think changes that conversation just a little bit. I don't know how much. I, we don't have a ton of intel yet, but um, just a little bit. Should be fun. Should be a fun next few days for sure. So uh, everybody's going to be keeping their eyes out on the portal. Uh, 
fireworks, booms, eye emojis. It's tis the season now since the dead period is over. So a little bit closer to normal. Everything looking a-okay. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, Keegan, it was just something that I posted on Twitter earlier today, and it just made me kind of think. Um, uh, I can't remember. Oh, was it Sooner Gridiron on Twitter? They posted uh, it was like 93 days until um, football season, and uh, JT Thatcher returns a 93-yard kickoff, not the to the two-yard line. Oh, you eventually scored against Kansas State in 2000. That was that was the game that made me fall in love with OU football. I had watched OU in 99. I had seen a, a few games during the 90s when my dad was watching it. And it was on TV. Um, I had watched the games leading up to the Kansas State game in 2000. But I was always kind of like, oh, I want to go outside and play with my friends or yeah, this is fun. But attention span, I'm nine years old, so I don't want to. But Kansas State, that game was incredible. I mean, OU jumps out to a big lead. I think they're up 31-14. And then Kansas State storms back. They block a punt, return it for a touchdown. And OU wins by 10 on the road against the number two team in the country. And it was just so exciting. And that was that was it for me. Like, I, I was insane from that day forward. And I'm just curious, like, what game really did it for you in your younger years? Hmm. That's a good question. I was at the... Oh... 2006, right? 2006 when Peterson had that huge game against Oklahoma State in Norman. Am I thinking of this right? 2005 was when he had a big game against OSU in Norman. The end of the year. Was it was it 05 or 09 that was the 27 nothing game when Oklahoma State was like top 15? That was 2009. OSU was ranked 11th or 12th, I think. Yeah, so 05 then Broyles had the Peterson Peterson just went nuts and I mean just ape shit crazy. I think I mean at that point, I mean the 08 OU Texas Tech game was like the first not the first big game I was at, but I mean young Keegan in the middle of that crowd was going nuts. So yeah, yeah I mean it's hard to not but I remember, I remember being at that game in 05. I was at the first OU game I think I ever attended was the uh, OU-TCU game. No, sorry. I was at the OU-A&M game in 03 because I remember being at the tailgate in the fourth quarter wondering why we weren't at the game. And uh, <laughs> now, obviously, I know those reasons, and I found out those reasons. But I was at the, uh, that game. I was at and then I think the next game after that for me was 05 OU TCU. So I saw 77 nothing and I saw a loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first the first time I was ever in the stadium for a game was the 2000 spring game, so going into the 2000 season. And then I didn't see a game until later that year in Stillwater. That was the first time I'd ever seen OU play in person. It was when they beat OSU 12 to 7. First time I was ever at a home game. Uh I think it was I think it was OU Iowa State 2006 when AD broke his collarbone uh, because my dad was in the Air Force and we moved around a lot. And so we didn't have I never had a chance to come back and watch until we moved here. So, no, it's funny. Like if you've listened this far into the podcast and you've got a fun little story, please like comment, you know, Brady does sports at Keegan Renault on Twitter. Let us know because I'm just curious. I like hearing stories like that. But Keegan, anything else before we get out of here? No, um, we should be back to regular scheduled programming and people should join us at Vanessa house next week. That would be the only thing I would say. 
Fair enough. Yes, it, we should be back scheduled normal as of next I week. I haven't had. A, yeah. I've only had one round of Vegas weddings. I gotta. I gotta. Oh, yeah. I gotta have some more of that. Definitely have some more. Definitely have some more. Check out Vanessa House. The beer is awesome. Um, yeah, we're not there today, basically because I'm gonna go get my tattoo. Hopefully finished. And oh god, it's gonna hurt. It is going to hurt so bad. And I'm, I, it's about an hour and a half until I have to go there. I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever. I'm just looking forward to it being finished. So hopefully it's done uh, today because I'm, I'm starting to stress out about it. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. Shout out to all of our great listeners. Uh, and if you were just wondering why there wasn't a OU fan interview this Monday, I just decided to hold off against it because it was Memorial Day weekend. The weather was kind of crappy and people were probably hungover and tired and just relaxing. So we'll continue that on the following Monday. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Inside OU. Until next time on Tuesday for Through the Keyhole and next Thursday for Inside OU. We'll talk to you guys later.